Hey, one quick thing before we get started. I just want to remind you that this podcast is for information, education, and entertainment. It is not a substitute for therapy or therapeutic intervention. If you find yourself in crisis, please visit your local emergency room or contact a crisis hotline. Hey everyone, it's LaShonda from Labors of Love, and you are listening to the Labors of Love podcast. It's 2022, (laughs) y'all. So if you're listening to this as it's coming out, we have just crossed over the threshold of the year 2022. And uh, I'll just say for me, the last two years have been a blur. Like literally, as I talk about things, and go, when was that? It's almost like 2020 didn't exist. So I, that feels like uh, it makes things sooner or closer than they were. And then 22, 21 felt had its moments. Um, But I will say that 2021 was a very phenomenal year for me personally, um, while also holding that it was tremendously challenging, turbulent, Um, and painful for many others. And so today I want to talk about intentionality and almost have not even a year in in review or recap because I feel like I review and recap all the time. Um, But there, there, it was almost like a switch that flipped for me in a very interesting way. Now I had done a lot of work in preparation for this switch. So it's not well, I was going to say it's not that I think that you go through life and all of a sudden flips, uh, switches flip, but sometimes they do. That's how it happens for me. At the end of 2021, on December 28th, your girl turned 40 uh, years old. Woo, woo, pew, pew. <laughs> so I celebrated uh, my birthday. I even talked about celebration as self-care um, in one of the podcast episodes. But I want to say, first of all, thank you to so many people who came through. I asked for my flowers and I received them. And I also want to emphasize that it's not too late. If you were listening to this and you were like, oh yeah, I was going to email her or I was going to go to her website and send her a note. It's not too late because it wasn't necessarily for my birthday. It was just recognizing that um, so often we as people wait until it's too late to tell people the impact that their life has had on ours. And by too late, I mean when they are no longer able to hear it, um, they're no longer able to maybe appreciate it and, and make actions toward whatever that is, whether that's continue doing the thing that they're doing or maybe course correct and have some space for apology and renewal in relationships. And so I'm accepting flowers at all times now towards the middle of December, beginning to mid of December, um, I got some news that a friend and previous colleague of mine had passed away. Very suddenly, I'm told it was COVID. And that also reminded me that as much as I want my flowers, I need to give flowers. 
And so I, um, I'm very intentional now. I want to, I want to make sure that I'm telling people how much I appreciate them, how much I love them, how challenging our relationship is, the changes I think might be necessary for us to continue. Um, because if I don't say the things that I have to say, then there's no chance that someone will know. I'll have to, I'll have to guess that they actually know whether it's something, um, you know, challenging or whether it's something very good and prosperous. And so that's a commitment that I'm making. And I encourage and invite you all to make that as well. Even if it's people who um, in some way you are connected, you feel connected to, but don't know them personally. Um, Send a note, send an email, send a message on social media. Sometimes I think we think people know how others feel or we might feel and I am in no way like saying um well nope I'm not even gonna say that um retract that I'll tell you what I was gonna say you know I was gonna go into this thing of like I'm not trying to say like elevate myself to celebrity status and and then I realized "Mm -mm, that ain't authentically me um so I'm telling you what I said and also showing you the process of what authenticity looks like. Sometimes you you play old narratives. And that was a little that that was someone in me, probably an adolescent who is constantly in there and she's still living in false humility. Um, and so now that I have transitioned out of that, I don't get frustrated or mad with her. I be like, oh, we don't do that no more. I realize that. In order for her to transition as well, she's going to have multiple opportunities. She needs multiple opportunities for me to lovingly step in and say, we don't have to say that. So what I'm saying is whether it's someone like me that has a podcast that you listen to, but you may have never met before or you met and know, but don't um, have contact with me often, whether it's someone you see on a TV screen, whether it's some whatever capacity you're connected with a person, but they pour of themselves and that is helpful to you, let them know. Even if it's someone who has a lot of people you feel and you see giving them their flowers and you think, eh, everyone's telling them mine won't matter. It, it often matters. Um, and I can't say and guarantee that for every person, but I do know that it can be sometimes part of the fuel that keeps people going. I've shared this before, but there have been times when I have thought, why am I doing this? Um, The podcast, not as much, but definitely the Therapy Thursdays (laughs) when I um, would do one and, you know, the social media media counter would tell me like seven views, you know, and then I go into my YouTube channel, zero views. And it's just like, you know, why, why am I doing this? Um, Does it even matter? And inevitably, when I start to feel that way or have those thoughts, someone will reach out to me, whether they email me or on social media, or if I see someone in person or I talk to someone and they'll specifically talk about a particular episode that they listened to and how timely it was and how helpful it was. And it is those well-timed encouragements and testimonies that make me go, that's it. Because it doesn't, it's not about the numbers. It's about, um, if it's, if there's one person, literally one person who hears something on a therapy Thursday or the podcast or reads a self-care Sunday and now wellness Wednesdays on TikTok. Thank you to my assistant, Lorian. Um, 
then it's worth it. It is absolutely worth it. But those encouragements, they do mean something. So I want to tell you that. Speaking of numbers and intention, I want to share with y'all that uh, right now we are like a couple of streams shy of 25,000 streams for the Labors of Love podcast. Y'all, that is a big freaking deal. Okay. I do not take that for granted. And I will say in the past, there is part of me, one of my littles, she definitely never thinks we are doing enough, um, achieving enough. If, if, if we hit a milestone, her thought process will be, yeah, that's not that big a deal because somebody out there did it faster. Somebody out there has it more. And again, I don't shame her. I'm not upset with her. And as I'm moving into my space, and reparenting my littles, she's coming along. It's still though, it's still in there for her, but she's coming along. And uh, what she would say before is like, I mean, is it really that many? And it's so interesting because she will reach <laughs> for really high. She might say to me, well, Brene Brown probably had that many listeners in a day. And I'm like, honey, and I like, I, I really like Brene Brown. Like, uh, her platform's slightly different, sweetie, and that's okay, but it doesn't matter because we're here to be Shonda, not Brene. Um, and so being able to help her understand that 25,000 times someone's were intentional about listening to our content, to our guest, to our heart is such a big deal because again, I remind myself, this is not like a radio station where... You're just flipping through and then happen to land on a station and forget to turn it. No, you got to actually seek this out. And so I have so much gratitude um, that this has been helpful. Um, And while it's helpful for others, it's also very helpful for me. I am so grateful that I have a space to externalize and extrovert and process things that are happening in my life. And so I wanted to share that good news with you all. Um, And just talk a little bit about intentionality. So growing up, there was always a thing towards really right after Christmas until the new year where people began to talk about their New Year's resolution. I don't know growing up that I knew the definition of the word resolution or what it meant. I just knew what was this thing that people, well, you know, what are you, what are you going to do? I think I recognized it as a commitment. And so people would decide that. And as I was growing up, I recognized that most of those things felt and looked the same every year. I would hear people talking about weight loss um, and exercise and eating differently. I would hear people talking about attending their churches more or being more active in their faith community. I would hear people talk about saving money. Um, And those were the major things that I would hear people talk about. And I don't recall ever really making a resolution or being in any kind of situation where I was around people who were heavily encouraging me to do so. I don't think and don't recall my parents kind of having the resolution talk or, or doing that. And um, as I have gotten older and learned more, 
about how the brain and body really work, I began to understand why I would hear the same people say the same thing every year. Um, why their resolutions weren't working um, for any period of time for some of them that lasted outside of the month of January or February or the first quarter of the year was because they were att- attempting to make changes um, <laughs> without understanding why they were doing what they were doing. So all behavior has meaning and it's an attempt to meet a need. That's so basic and um, and fundamental to us as humans that I think if we really began to internalize that, we would look at ourselves and others differently. But everything is an attempt to meet a need. Everything means something. Some of these things are intentional and conscious and some of them are not. When we understand the need underneath the thing that we're doing or not doing, saying or not saying, we begin to understand the action a little more. And sustainable change begins when we can identify whatever need that thing is meeting and learn to meet it in a different way. Now, learning to meet it in a different way doesn't automatically mean that the thing we were doing before or the thing we weren't doing before is automatically going to go away. But it means we begin to build an arsenal of options. And if we have enough options, maybe we'll stop automatically reaching for the one that we're trying to change. So, for example, if someone has declared in their resolution that they want to eat um, a certain way, more healthy, less this, whatever, um, which I don't mean this to contribute to diet culture and those things, but it is one that a lot of people have. Well, first, we got to understand that thing you're trying to give up or that the way you eat your patterns of eating, what need is it meeting? For so many people, eating um, is part of comfort and stressful situations. Um, It's also very mindless, like it's a thing that we can turn to. It can serve as a numbing agent. Well, if we don't understand that that's the purpose and we don't have something else that we can turn to to help give us space and distance from whatever stress that we're having, then we'll use our good old willpower to not to ignore that need for a while because that's really what it is at a certain point. It's ignoring the need until the unmet need piles up so much that we turn right back to the thing that we were doing to meet it or we turn to another thing to meet it, but it may not be more intentional or healthy than the first. And so um, if you're a person who made a resolution, this is not an attempt to shame you, but it is to say, what do you actually mean by that? And can we change the, the languaging and even the thought process around, I want to make a change to, um, to something that is more intentional and sustainable? I do not remember what I was reading or where I heard it. Um, So forgive me for not having the proper reference. But I do remember having a conversation with someone when we talked about like cycles, new cycles are a thing. So we are, we as people are more prompted to start a new thing in the beginning of something, the beginning of the day, the beginning of the month, the beginning of the year. So it's not that like I, I, now what I will say is capitalism is such that it takes everything that is natural needs, um, birthrights, uh, cycles, and it monetizes it. And so the fact that people are capitalizing on 
um, the new year is not surprising, but underneath so much of the advertisement and the capital uh, uh, capitalism is just these natural cycles. Um, and so I'm just saying that to say wanting to start something fresh in the beginning of the year is not a bad thing. Let's just be intentional about it as you make that discovery of the thing you want to change. Um, let's look at what need operating the way you're operating now is needing and let's be intentional about exploring that um that we don't just all of a sudden make it not a need that's that's kind of not how it works uh, automatically we got to explore where it came from which littles are attached to that which traumas are attached to that which relationships are attached to that and then be able to shift that i don't know if i've shared this before but i i i used to smoke um, filtered cigars, little filtered cigars. Um, so not the ones you roll yourself, but the filter ones. So they look like cigarettes, but they are actually cigars. And I smoked from, I think, let me see, probably 2005, 2004 or five until 2013. Now, I was not a smoker, (laughs) but I smoked, you know, there was something about it that I never identified myself as a smoker, um, as part of like how I would identify myself and no one ever, well, everyone around me, if they found out I smoked, were so shocked. They're just like, you don't seem like a smoker. I can't imagine you smoking. And what was very interesting about it is on August 19th of 2013, I took my last smoke and it was just done. Well, I I don't lend this to, you know, it wasn't willpower. That was the day that I walked out of a courtroom for the final hearing of my divorce. Smoking was attached to that relationship. What kind of needs did it meet? Um, One, I believe uh, for most people who smoke, your body just really needs a deep breath. And it's become attached to smoking. But, and, and, you know, these very addictive chemicals that are in there are now associated with that. But our body craves and needs deep breath. So one, it was attached to deep breathing, which I needed. It was attached to um, like my ex smoked and I started smoking because he smoked and it was something that we kind of did together. Then when I was working at this point, I was working in the restaurant industry and smoke breaks. It was part of community. It was part of getting a break because interestingly, like people who didn't smoke either didn't get or didn't take those 10 to 15 minute breaks or whatever. And so it was connected with rest. It was connected to meeting a lot of needs. But once I was done with that relationship and finally could wipe my hands clean of it from every aspect, I no longer needed the cigar because it, the, it did, it no longer served a need. Um, 
Now, I will say some of the residual impacts of that because, and okay, so it met a need. Then it got habituated to things like smoking after eating. So there would be a point in time where I don't even necessarily think I wanted to smoke, but I had just finished a meal. So I would smoke or we, I would go out and hang out with friends and we would go to this one pub and uh, throw darts and have some drinks and, and you smoked there, right? And this was back when sm- you could smoke inside of establishments and things. So it's connected to a lot of things. So there is every now and then I'll finish a meal and I will want, I, I will, my body will go like, Ooh, let's smoke. Now, the interesting thing about it is it's only when I'm full. <laughs> I have since learned that I don't have to get full in order to be satisfied. That was a whole other learning revelation um, about my body and what was the point of getting full? Well, full was part of this hoarding characteristic that had been passed down to me generationally as if there'll never be enough. So you just eat, you got to get your fill. And then I realized, but the food's not going anywhere. So I actually don't have to do that learning to that. I don't have to get full in order to be satisfied. But when I happen to bypass that line and get full, that's when this sensation for, Ooh, let's smoke. So it's very interesting. And I'm just sharing that one in, in, in the sake of transparency, but also to recognizing that, you know, for a lot of people, stopping smoking is really, really difficult. And I'm not trying to minimize that at all. I'm not trying to say that over a prolonged period of time, there are not these other chemical uh, processes that are taking place. But what I am saying is once I, once it was no longer connected or once the thing it was connected to was no longer in my life, how easily I was able to stop. And so as you are thinking about how you want this year, 2022 to be different, please, I, I really encourage and implore you to leave space for the exploration of Why do I do what I do or why do I not do what I don't do and give yourself space to go, oh, that's the need. It saves me from embarrassment. It helps me feel in control. Um, It makes me feel wanted and loved. Whatever those things are, then we can say, well, which of my littles is attached to this? And then how do I nurture that little? How do I give myself more options? Then how do I learn to reach for those options? You feel tired yet? Does it feel daunting? Because it is. I think one thing that frustrates me the most is when people minimize the complexity of change. And that is the marketing ploy of so many people. It's just simple. Just do this. Anytime you find yourself or someone else saying the word just it's oversimplified. And so yes, change is hard. The actual change itself is five or six steps down the line. And so I want to throw that out there. I also want to remind folks that um, starting, oh, I think it's January 19th. So in a couple of weeks, I am starting another six week course. Um, it was previously uh, titled Cultivating Your Functional Adult. It is now titled Reparenting Your Littles, Giving Yourself what you've always needed. So if I'm talking throughout this podcast and you are like, that sounds great, but I don't know how to do all that crap myself. Join us. In addition to uh, guidance and and support around doing the work, we build beautiful community. Um, The communities that have been built throughout this course uh, are, are, they touch my heart because people get in there and they start doing this work and they realize one, I'm not alone. And two, other people are doing the same work. So I don't feel 
you know, some of the ways I feel when I'm by myself. And three, I want to stay connected with y'all. And so um, I am also developing ways for those communities to stay connected with each other and with me. So if you have questions about the course, feel free to reach out. Um, but it, it's life changing stuff. And I, I mean that and, and the participants who have gone through it, um, I would say echo, but they're the ones that started it saying this has literally changed my life. And so that's what I want to say about this new year and intentionality. We got to be intentional. If we want these things to be sustainable, um, change is not for the faint of heart. Um, intentional change. So I wanted to share that. Now I want to talk a little bit about what intentionality uh, looked like for me coming into 2022. So um, every year I realize looks a little different. Every year I think I'm starting um, uh, a tradition (laughs) and then the next year comes and it looks slightly different. But what remains the same over the last several years is to be very intentional at the end of the year to sit in gratitude for what has happened in that year, to acknowledge and grieve the losses and the challenges of that year, and to um, be very intentional about what I am hoping for in the next year. So that wasn't different this year, but it manifested differently. And I think in years past, in some ways, I've picked words um, that I wanted to kind of be my words for the year. Um, A few years ago, this was several, the year I graduated. So 2017, I did a vision board um, visit. I was visiting my sister in North Carolina uh, we were for the for the week, and I remember doing a vision board down there. It's the only time I did a vision board. Um, in several years, I've picked words. The thing is, um, the words I had for 2021 uh, were elevate, um, unapologetically magical, and uh, maybe abundance. I think those were the words. See, I can't even really remember them. I picked them. And, and that's it. Like I just picked them and I wrote them down, but I kind of forgot about them throughout the year. Now I got to the end of the year and reflected on what I had written down and realized that if I look at those words, I think they do characterize my year, but that there was very little intentionality around that. It was almost like that was just a, a prophecy of a forecasting of my year. And then I looked back and go, whoa, whoa. I did become unapologetically magical. Whoa, there was abundance. Whoa, there was elevation. Um, But it was very clear to me this year. One, I didn't pick my words. My words picked me. Two, under no uncertain terms was I to think that I was only going to engage with these words at the end of the year, but that these words would become guiding principles for me. When I say these words chose me, I mean that to say that they were divinely given to me. And uh, I woke up and and then I'm very grateful because my new year, my birth year and the calendar year are really close within three days of each other. And so as people are doing this for the new calendar year, I'm often or at least this year I was doing this based on my new year. And so as I woke up one morning And it literally dropped in my spirit. I heard it audibly, 
which I don't always hear things audibly. I, I, you know, hear things internally, but ease, ease. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. And, and what would follow would be over the next couple of days was just bringing me back to, we ain't fighting nothing. We ain't forcing nothing. It's ease. It's e every it's this year will be a year of ease. Now, I want to be clear that I don't necessarily think that means it's going to be easy. But there is ease is more about how I approach things than the circumstances that come towards me. Um, and so I, I, I was with that. I'm like, OK, ease. Um, and I had a, a friend who she always talked about ease and wanting ease. And I think listening to her talk about her desire for ease was the first time that I ever actually thought about the word. So ease was the word. And then as I got closer to um, the actual 31st of December, I wanted I thought we were going to do something we normally do, which was like make lists and put them in this jar. We did go through our jar, but it turns out that I was gifted a new sketchbook for my birthday at my birthday celebration. And so I opened that up and um, I began to draw and write out what my words were. And I thought I was going to have three because, you know, I don't know, three is a good number. Uh, my mentor always says the brain likes things in threes, but it, it's actually four, um, four words. And it turns out that ease is an acronym. And the four words that were given to me were ease, abundance, soar, and elevate. And so I gave each a page and I just let what come out. I wrote the words and, you know, drew or doodled or wrote around them. And that, that came out really well. Um, I also want to say that um, on my birthday, I got my hair done. This is the first year that I've ever gotten my hair done on my birthday. And Brittany Hair Kitchen, Gray, who has been a guest on my podcast and I've talked about many times, has a new, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, service, <laughs> not a hard word. She has a new service and it is a chakra cleansing uh, service that goes with your hairstyling and it was phenomenal deep breathing meditation prayer um, affirmations just all of these things that was so perfect for me to be doing period but especially on my birthday and these themes that kept emerging um, for me one um, is a theme that has been with me throughout my nine month somatic abolitionism journey thus far. And it was this uh, concept of being like water. Um, and Bruce Lee talked about it. I began watching his documentary. We have to go back and finish watching it. It's a 30 for 30 um, if you're interested, but he talks about being like water. We did watch the clip and I have said, I am a water person. Like I say, I'm a mermaid, but I realize that the way I am drawn to water, it's not like, oh, yay, water. Like it, it is a spiritual, it feels deep. I'm convinced that my ancestors were water people. And so this idea of being like water and fluid and flexible, um, emerged when I was with Brittany and, and as I'm going through. And so ease ease, abundance, soar, and elevate. And and then um, on 
actual New Year's, I think it was the New Year's Day, um, my girls, my twins, they're amazing. God, that I am trusted to parent humans. My son and my daughters is amazing. And my girls, uh, especially one of them, Sky, man, like she wants to be her mommy. She wants to be like me so much. She'll sometimes go in my office and sit at my desk and turn towards one of my computers and just clack, 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 clack on the little keyboard and be like, look, I'm mommy. Or sometimes she's saying, I'm a mommy. Um, or look, I'm you. And so as I've been painting, they wanted to paint. So we went to Michael's and I got them little easels and canvases and paints and brought in aprons and brought them back and they were able to paint. And um, I started painting and what I started painting were the representation of each of those words. Um, I had stocked up on canvases when I went. So they're on, I think, 10 by 10 canvases and the whole point was whatever comes out let it come out and so um ease was blues and again none of this is like a picture it's just what came out abundance was kind of uh green and gold and copper sore were these bright colors you know yellow and pink and orange and then um elevate was kind of this almost ombre scaling from black to white and it was amazing to get those out of me but i am aware that these are guiding principles so what do i mean by that and so i created this collage I think we're actually going to make it the, I'll ask my producer to make the collage I made the actual picture for this podcast. But as I made this collage of those four pictures that I painted and these words and the way they're laid out, I began to see it in another way. With ease comes abundance. And when I soar, I will elevate. And so I began to think about, well, what does ease mean? And ease... I believe is the natural progression for me after this journey of authenticity. I have been on my authenticity journey for a decade, 10 whole years. Uh, When I wrote my piece about the butterfly, goodbye caterpillar. um, When I, which was in my uh, newsletter, if you, get the labors of love newsletter if you don't get to the labors of love newsletter and you would like to you can definitely go to the website at the bottom of the welcome page there's a place for you to put in your information i would love to stay connected with you in that way but i share my piece there um where i talk about my transition from a caterpillar to a butterfly which has taken place over a decade when i um was talking with my spiritual director the last meeting we had in december She said to me, your voice sounds different. Um, And I recognized that, but I didn't know how she meant it. So as we began to talk about it, I wish I had with me, I wrote them down the words she used, but essentially unrushed, you know, um, a word I'll use, but she didn't, but settled. That's part of my authenticity. When I met with my therapist this last time in December, uh, she said, you're lighter. This is lighter. And so this, this journey in 2021 that started with slow down, then moved into be still, which was so hard, which then uh, transitioned into 
find your authentic self, which then continue to move into now actually be your authentic self. It ended at the end of the year with me making two discoveries. And it, it almost felt like a like I've all I don't know if I've shared this, but since I was a little girl, I've always imagined my life <clears throat> as a movie. Uh, someone following me around with a camera and my life is a movie. I still view it that way. Um, and it's a mix. You know, I don't know how you would classify this movie because there's definitely some comedy. There's some drama. There's some horror. There's all kinds of scenes. It's a multi-genre movie. And it was almost like I got to the end. And it was, um, if y'all have seen... Um, Oh, what is it? Um, Bruce Leroy. What's the movie, Jay? The Last Dragon. Dragon. Thank you. (laughs) Which my mother has never seen, by the way. We discovered this over Thanksgiving and (laughs) Jay was appalled. (laughs) But, you know, if you've seen that movie, if you have it, I I suggest it. It's a Barry Gordy film. Uh, It's a good movie set back in the 80s. But you get to the end of the movie and he finds his glow, right? So this whole movie has been going and it culminates when he finally discovers this thing. Well, that's what last year was like for me. I went through all of this discovery and and, and the somatic abolitionism journey and realizing how connected I am to my ancestors and being able to declare and call and sit in the call and role of prophet and doing all these things for it to finally come down for me to be able to declare two things about myself. And these were just the two foundational things that I think sums it all up. One is I help people be human with other humans. That's it. If you want to know now, you know, what do you do? When I was at the wedding in Puerto Rico, I met several awesome people that I didn't know before. And one of the questions that came around was, well, what do you do? And I knew that by saying I was a therapist, that doesn't tell people what I do. And I struggled. And I said, that's it. I don't know how to define this. I was surrounded by people who know me, um, who know my work. And I would look at them and go, what what do I do? <laughs> and they too struggled. And I and it's not a bad thing. It's a struggle because we can't just say that Shonda's a consultant or she's a therapist or she's a trainer or she has a podcast. That doesn't tell what I do. And so I, I finally discovered it. I help people be human with other humans. That's what I do. And the other discovery that I'm able to name is I leave people in places better than I find them. And I do. I leave people in places better than I find them. Those two things that I discovered that I, that I, I don't want to say discovered. I knew those things, but when I was able to put words to those, it was like, I found my glow. And there was this moment and not like a split second moment, but a moment that happened over a series of days where I could literally and viscerally and tangibly feel myself getting lighter. I actually went and stood on a scale (laughs) because I, I was like, I have to have lost weight. I did not lose physical weight, but I feel so much lighter. And that lighter is not necessarily because I was burdened by this, but because with those discoveries, the weight of expectation to market myself, to to convince people to utilize my services, to fill every gap and find a niche, all of the expectations and weight that people have put on me or perhaps I've put on myself as an entrepreneur and as a healer, they begin to lift. I no longer felt tethered to entrepreneurial 
pursuits as I had been introduced to them. I no longer felt weighed down with, I felt free. And that's what I said, y'all. I said, I am going into my new year free and I'm free. And so those discoveries, being able to put those sentences together, that, that was the culmination of my authenticity journey. I still, every moment have an opportunity to be my most authentic self. But for years, I've been saying that's the journey I'm on. And right now, I'm no longer saying that because it's it will be a continuation. But now I'm moving on to what is ease. And ease is that next transition for me. Now that I know who I am authentically, ease simply means don't deter from it, right? Just go with who you are as a guiding principle. Um, so let me give you this. I'll give you this example to illustrate what I mean. Before the culmination of all of this, um, I was doing some year end stuff. So still towards the end of the year, but before I stopped working and I stopped working, I think on the 22nd. So sometime before that. I was in conversation with a couple of organizations that I do work for and and some of which I wanted to kind of like close out and finalize some things before the new calendar year. And one of the places that I was in contact with, we had had a couple of meetings, we had talked about the services I would be providing. um, And I wanted to, you know, do whatever I needed to do and get that taken care of. So I send over necessary documentation, including invoicing. And I got um, an email back that pretty much was saying like, hey, I need more information. I need more detail about this. And it was something about that email. Now, I want to say a couple of things. One, the email was not rude. It was not. It wasn't that. It wasn't the person who sent it. I have a really good relationship with the person who sent it. But it was something about that email asking me for more that just did not sit right with me. So some of the people that I trust, like my god sister that I talked to, my husband, um, even I think my therapist, I was talking with them about like, I, I am interpreting data differently. And by data, I mean my emotions. And I realized this isn't something I, oh, this doesn't feel good. Let me figure it out. Let me, I want to make it go away. I was like, no, this is valuable information. And really what it came down to was I'm not giving you any more information. Like I've given you all the information that I have to give you. And it was just this, it wasn't ease. It felt like, it's hard to describe. It was hard to describe to them. It's hard to describe to you. But it was just this notion of like, no, this is what it is. We've had these conversations and this is what I've provided. And I was willing to walk away from this thing because I'm like, no, this doesn't feel like ease. This, this feels, no, it, it doesn't, I don't, in my true authentic self, it doesn't feel like I need to give you more. And again, this was nothing against the person. I love the organization. But I was like, I'm not going to get rid of this. I'm going to sit. I believe this is my authentic body giving me boundaries around what I want and don't want professionally. And so my response was more so, ah, this is all the information I have for you, right? 
And so later, and this was after now, after I found my glow and after, you know, I get these words, these four words that I received an email back that pretty much was like, I'm going to go ahead and just send it over to the finance. They probably are very familiar with this. You know, I haven't done it, but they probably know what to do. Essentially was the email. And I thought, now that's ease. And it reminded me of how many times in my past um, I would just morph and shift and, and do so much and do all these different things around someone's um, request or someone's, sometimes it wasn't even a request, it was just a statement. And then I realized no, like no more. Ease means I'm not pushing it. I'm not forcing it. If I can't show up as my most authentic self, then it's not for me. And, 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 and that, and that was a little scary, not just for the loss of income. That was like way down the line. It was, man, I really enjoy this relationship with this organization, but this doesn't feel like it fits with ease. So that's what I mean by guiding principles, not lack of challenge ease, but ease is in, I want to come places and I just want to show up. And this is what I say to people, y'all, when I'm talking to people about collaborations, uh, working with their organization or or any of that. That's what I say. I just show up and I need to work with people and organizations that trust whatever I bring is what you're going to need. I can't give you a play by play of what I'm going to say or what I'm going to do because I don't know. I don't know until I get there. That's ease. Know that I leave people in places better than I find them. Know that I'm going to help you be human with other humans and just needing people to trust that process. And I know that that that's a big ask for a lot of organizations and businesses and corporations who want to know what they're investing in. They want to know that. And so what I say is I'm an experience. I can give you the experience you can see for yourself, but I really am done trying to convince people this is what they need because that's not ease. So I just wanted to share that. Another example I'll show uh, share with you is, so there were three things that happened. The first, what was the first? Um, and this was just the other day. I, let's see if I can remember the third one as I'm talking. One is my husband and I have planned like a, a belated birthday, Christmas to ourselves, just fancy, fancy dinner. So got recommendations for some places around town. We made a reservation at one place. Then we were uh, trying to figure out what to feed the family for dinner that particular day. And we had decided to go to this one place to go. And I can't remember what the third, oh, I had gotten my nails done. And one of the things I do when I get my nails done is I like to treat myself to a coffee. And I discovered that Krispy Kreme's has a very delicious frozen latte that I like. And so in lieu of one of the other coffee places, I was going to go to that coffee place and they were closed. Um, then while I was getting my nails done, I got a voicemail from the fancy, fancy restaurant that we were going to go to telling us that they're understaffed. And so the day we made our reservation, they were actually going to close that day. And then when I got to the place where we were going to order dinner for the family, their systems were down and they couldn't take orders. And so I got in the car and what I realized was all of that was okay. (laughs) When I tell you that not that long ago, one of those things, okay, fine. Two of those things, uh, three, oh my God. Like I really would have been like, what is going on? Why does everything I want? It would have just been, 
it would have been frustrating for me or at least bare minimum, like annoying. And it would have been like, why are all of these things I'm desiring to do? Like, what are all these roadblocks? But instead, and this was not even a conscious thing. This was just like, instead, I immediately went to part of ease isn't just directing me towards where to go. Sometimes it's directing me away from places I shouldn't. And I felt so not just unburdened and unbothered by it, but I felt joy and gratitude. I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is, this is something like Marco Polo'd my god sister. I called my husband and I was like, this is awesome. This is awesome. This is ease. Oh my God. Like, it's okay. So where are we going now? And what shall we have for dinner? And that's okay. And I got a coffee from a different place. And that is something that I had not experienced before. And so I'm living into that y'all. And then I believe with this ease will come the abundance that I seek. And abundance isn't just money inside of the thing I drew. It was money. It was time. Um, it was health. It was joy. It was peace. It was travel. It was family. Like it was all of these things. The, the, the world is a very resourceful place. And I recognize that um, coming out of a scarcity mindset and a scarcity um, autonomic nervous system where I have to get what I can when I can get it and hold on to it in case I need it. Letting that go is scary because then you feel like you don't have and you might not have. But then moving into abundance, I I recognize it's there. It's there to have. And so that I know that move that this the sense of ease will lead me to that abundance. And then soar. Soar simply means no longer minimizing, no more shrinking, no more dimming myself. I don't do those things because necessarily I'm ashamed of my brightness, my, my allness, but I being that people pleaser, um, I'm always, I think I've always been aware that I can, it feels like I can sometimes over shadow people, but then I realized that's none of my business. (laughs) That's none of my business. And, and that this doesn't mean I think I'm better than people. I just know all that I am. And so then I would go like, Oh, well, what if it's too much for them? So be it. Y'all getting all of me this year, all of me, all of me. And you don't have to take it because it's intentional, right? You don't have to listen to the podcast. If you listen to it and you like, oh, she's too much. The good thing is you don't have to listen. When I show up and if I, if my essence is too much, the beautiful thing about it is people have choice. And what was happening was I was taking away people's choice or I, you know, I'm going to show up in this more minimized way. So it's not too much. for them. I don't get to make that determination for people. But what I realized is when I don't show up fully, I mean, fully in my authentic self, that part, that 10%, that 15%, that 20% that I'm holding back might just include the parts that somebody needs. I don't get to restrict or hold back what people might need from me because I'm convinced in my mind that it's it's not. So that is sore. Sore simply means I'm flying high with ease. I'm just being me. And I believe that that is going to lead to this elevation. How can I elevate if I keep, if I'm tethered 
from soaring from expectations or perceived expectations or people's words or no. And so the, the untetheredness and the lightness that I feel will allow me to soar. That will allow me to elevate. And those are my guiding principles for 2022. And I just wanted to share that with y'all because I think it's pretty freaking amazing. Um, and I hope that each person who hears this, whenever you hear it, that this was the right time for you to hear it and that you can move forward, not necessarily with those four words, but with intentionality, keeping in mind, right? And, and, and I'm, let me say that going through this, I had to sit with what need was it meeting to not soar, for example. And part of that was I didn't want to be alone. I didn't want to feel by myself. If I isolated people with my with my allness and they turned away from me or it was too much and they left, I was avoiding loneliness. I was avoiding feeling isolated and by myself. That's big. I recognize that. So I didn't just shove it aside like, oh, you silly girl. No, I had to go to my little who felt that way. She's my three-year-old, always feels by herself. And I had to let her know, sweetie, I am always here. You will never, ever be alone again because I am here with you. And you're soaring with me. Once she knew and she could begin to feel that we didn't have to rely on people outside of us to be part, to be our community. Yes, we need community, but that I would always be there for her. She stopped trying to weigh me down from being my full self. There is also an adolescent part of me that when she showed up as her full self, some people couldn't take it and they left. And so I had to nurture her as well. And so there are, there are, there are needs underneath me not soaring. It's not just a dis- this decision. Oh, go ahead and soar now. I had to do the work to go. Why wasn't I doing it before? And now that I know what the need is and how to meet the need of avoiding loneliness and reminding myself that I have community in a different way. Now I'm able to soar. And so I, I, I really appreciate being able to share that with you all. I hope that it's helpful. I do. I hope that it's inspirational, but also it's on record because I know I'm a need to come back and I'm a need to listen to this because it doesn't mean without challenge. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but I want to come back and hear my enthusiasm, my joy, my optimism and everything that I have today talking about this. I am going to be able to come back to this and listen and say, hey, I don't care how challenging it gets. Here we are. Here our guiding principles. We're not forcing, we're not fighting, we're not trying to fit our round self in a square peg any longer. So this is as much for me as it is for anybody. And I want to really sincerely thank you all for listening. Again, I want to put a plug out there for uh, the course that's starting in a couple of weeks. And hopefully, no matter when you listen to this, there is an upcoming course <laughs> for you. But it is reparenting your littles, giving yourself what you always needed. Um, you can visit the website to do um, to get more information about it and sign up for the course. I'm actually running a uh, a two for one. I don't know if this would be applicable depending on when you listen to it. But if you're listening to this in January of 2022, I'm running a um, buy one, get one, get healing with somebody else. So y'all either split the cost or you pay for it and you gift them the gift of healing um, because that's so important. So happy new year, y'all. We made it to 2022 and I look forward to just spending this year with you. 
I want to give a special shout out to Trey Angel, who does all of the music for the Labors of Love podcast, to my producer, Jay Sugg of Instant Classic Media, and to you, my guest. I love y'all so much. Uh, head over to the website. If you haven't taken a look, just browse around. We got it updated recently, www.thelaborsoflove.com. On the bottom of the welcome page, you will find somewhere where you can sign up for the newsletter. If you go under media, where the podcast is, you can leave suggestions for content or guests. All of the Therapy Thursday videos are there. Um, we're on all the major social media outlets, including TikTok now, y'all. So every Wednesday, we do a Wellness Wednesday uh, little reel over on TikTok. Don't forget the YouTube channel. And if you haven't already, rate, review, and share the podcast. Until we connect again, you all be well.